Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you just got Daryl and I'm rolling this solo tonight. Hey, but it's a whole lot going on in the world of sports. You know, there's a story out there now that Cam Newton teammates don't like him. You know, eh. You know, we we I could I could I could see a hint of that because we really love people that focus on football. I mean, really, we just want you to. It's hard to understand, but when when we see athletes as athletes start roaming in these other avenues of money making adventures, we don't mind you owning a restaurant. That's one thing. But when you start hanging out with the models and the movie stars and stuff like that, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a different thought that athletes have towards other athletes. So it's kind of crazy, but I can see where his teammates may have a little dislike for him. Now, we, had, we, we, we talked about the same thing with Russell Wilson a couple weeks ago. Well, if we, if we didn't hear it then, I'll say it again. It's a story out that Russell Wilson's teammates don't like him. They say he's like the the coach's pet, you know, and he's going a little bit Hollywood. You know, we see him with Sierra and uh, and um, and whatever the rapper that Sierra had the baby from. He and him and that baby is all together. Sierra and Russell just had a baby together, so it's like he's a little bit on that Hollywood side. Now don't get don't let's don't get twisted. These are two, probably two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. However, last year, Russell Wilson, he didn't have a stellar uh, year like he had the year before. And the year before, Cam Newton was an MVP and had his team in the Super Bowl. And last year, he just looked like an okay, all right quarterback. So, you know, maybe it's a little truth to that. Hey, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's going on, baby? How you doing, Mr. Allen? You know me. I'm doing the same thing I was doing last week. Loving this life I got, baby. Loving it. Every second of it. Miss Allen. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, Vince, uh, we got we got every week I think we should have like a topic question. And this week's topic question is, you know, last week we talked a little bit about Kaepernick, Callan Kaepernick, is he, is he being blackballed? The majority of everybody said, yes, he's being blackballed. All right, but this week, um, this this cat came out. He played for the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. And his name is Ryan O'Callaghan. All right, and Ryan O'Callaghan, what's unique about him is Ryan O'Callaghan played for the New England Patriots. He was drafted by the New England Patriots, and he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. After his career, he, he just stopped playing. He said he's gay. He came out and said he's gay. Well, well, how do you feel about that, Vince? Now, I, I have no problem at all with gay I athletes. I have no problem with that. Each his own. Whatever he do, he chose that life. That's on his own. But what I'm going to ask you, um, is this, So is you ain't got no problem with it. So you have no problem with Ryan O'Callaghan being gay and playing in the NFL and played in the NFL. I ain't got hey, no problem with it hey. Go ahead. What's your I don't question? have no problem with that. Well, what I'm going to ask you, because I'm supposed to be with Lee Wayne's out of Houston, all is it uh-huh. okay that um, um, 
I will not get with him. I can call you right when he get out with his foot on this. Man, I'm gonna tell you something, man. You know you're welcome to call the Sports Info You and Radio Show. We let you call every week, so you know you can call twice a week if you need to. We have no problem with no, that. No, he's finna, he finna get with me, and I'm finna have him call. I'm gonna call you when I, so you can talk to him on the show. Lee Williams, Houston I'm going to get him on the show. Lee Williams, Houston Oilers. L.A. Express. See, a lot of people don't know about that L.A. Yeah. Express. You know, that's 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 old school. Steve Young played for the L.A. Express with Vent, with um, Lee Williams. And Lee Williams, uh, uh, All-American out of Bethune-Cookman, um, drafted by the San Diego Chargers. You know, Chose he, to play in the um, USF. Steve Young was the quarterback. I know. That's what I just said at the L.A. Express. Yeah, the L.A. Express. Yeah. Yeah, say, so, hey, you know, a lot of people, so that'd be good, um, Lee Williams, we'd love, love him to come on the show, man, and uh, and give us a, a, a USFL history lesson. There's so many of our fans, so many people, especially these millennials, they don't know nothing about the USFL, you know? So, I'm going hey. to call back in about 15 minutes. Hey, we, Vince, we appreciate it, man. You can call back anytime. Don't be a stranger. I give us a call, call anytime. I will call back when he's with me, because I want him to talk on the show. All right, we appreciate yeah, it, Vince. Great. We'll holler at you. Okay. All right, hey, okay. but um, this guy, um, we was talking to Vince a little bit about this, but um, yeah, Ryan O'Callaghan played for the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Came out and said that he that he's gay. Now, one of the unique things about Ryan's uh, situation is Ryan goes on to say that he did a lot of things to hide his his sexuality while he was in the NFL and while he was in college. He said while he was with the New England Patriots, he grew a full beard. Um, he said while he was playing football, he constantly chewed tobacco. And these were things that guys looked at, oh, with that beard, he can't be gay. Or he, And this is how he, he pretty much kind of paraphrases it. Like he says, you know, um, if I chew tobacco... No one would ever think that I was gay. And, you know, he says he was always the last one to go and take a shower, you know. And so, you know, know, I've always said that if if you get involved, if you find a sport, especially football, and I'm basically referring to football because that's what I know most about, when you find 100 athletes and you put them all together, it's bound to be one or two of them that possibly could be gay. Now, I have no problem with that. Uh, and I know that I've played with gay athletes. I have not, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I wouldn't have had a problem with it then, and I, and I don't have a problem with it now. And, uh, and that's just who I am. Now, I know I've played with some teammates that have probably had some problem with, um, probably, they would have had problems with playing with gay, gay athletes. And do I love them any less? No, I don't. Maybe they just got a little ways to go to come around. Now, at the same time, if Ryan if Ryan had come out in during his career and said that he was gay and he was an offensive lineman for the New England Patriots, I just don't think he would have been around the league that much longer. You know, and I just I just don't think if if he had come out and said he was gay during his career, he probably would have got cut earlier. Now Ryan said he had to deal with a lot of lot of issues. Uh, uh, suicide was one of the things that he 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 talks about that uh, that he that he had to deal with and and has to, had to deal with since his career. You know, and I guess if anything that is so severe that it makes somebody um, that makes somebody want to kill themselves think about killing themselves, 
I think it's it's something wrong with it's something wrong. And I'm not gonna say it's something wrong with us, but it is something wrong with society. And that's us. I'm saying it's something wrong with us. If we make people so uncomfortable that they feel like they want to take their life. Oh my goodness, that's just so that's so crazy. And until we can all and, and, and hey man, and and this this cat said that one of the things that hurt him the most is when he was around people that referred to gay people as fags or faggots and words like that. You know, and I guess him putting up this big macho image, you know, no one would ever thought that if someone said something like that around him, he would be offended. And I guess that's now why we have to choose our words so carefully around our children and in society because we just don't know who we are offending. Even in a even in a locker room, we must choose our words a little more carefully because like I say, we don't we don't know who we're offending and, and sometimes it could be someone very close to us, you know, that we say something that, that could be offensive. You know, um I may have told this story before, but I'll never forget once I came in my office at work once and uh, I was in Miami and these Haitian people were protesting on 79th Street. Don't even know what they were protesting for. And I came in the office and I said, I don't know what these people, what these Haitians protesting for. They should be happy to be in the country. And I was like, oh, that was on a Friday. That night I went home. And I'll never forget, it burned my conscience all weekend long. Wow, I may have said something to somebody in the office that could have been offensive. I may have offended someone. I may have hurt somebody's feeling. And I had a horrible weekend. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't sleep well, didn't do much. And it's hard to have a horrible weekend in Miami because, you know, we really look forward to the weekend in Miami in the Magic City. But I had a horrible weekend. Anyway... I go back to my office on Monday and I went to every office in the in the building in my in my in my company. And I apologized to every one of them. And I finally got to this one lady and I said, you know, I said something on Friday that was very offensive. And I really hope that if I said something that may have uh, offended you. I apologize. I sincerely apologize. And she said to me, she said, Daryl. I'm not Haitian, but it did offend me what you said on Friday. And you don't know how much it means to me that you're coming and apologizing to me. You know, and I and and if I had not done that, my conscience probably still would be hurting me. So I, I just I guess now I'm saying we really have to be careful with the words that we use, even in a locker room. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get off of that. I, I, I really am. As much as I'm sure, uh, we we could probably talk about that for um, for a long time. But I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that one ride. I really am because um, you know. However, let's let's get into this a little bit. You know, uh, Omar Green. You know, has been a, he was arrested on suspicion of child abuse. Now, the, there is a story out that the child abuse is that him and his 15-year-old daughter got an argument about washing the dishes. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you something. If any of y'all got, got, had a teenage daughter or got a teenage daughter, they will make you want to put your hands on them. But don't do it. Just don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. They're so smart now. 
man, they want to get you in trouble because they think we think we are invincible. We daddy, we invincible. We can almost do what we want. Don't put your hands on them because here it is, Amon Green getting arrested. For the, and, and then they said the daughter had had a black mark under her eye. So, hey, we, we it's still yet to be seen what's going to happen with that. And uh, I hope Armand Green get off of this thing with no problem. But if you've had a teenage daughter, you know how, how close you are to putting your hands on them. Or how many times you may have had to walk outside, walk down the street, leave your house for a few minutes, get in your car, listen to the radio for 15 minutes, or however long it takes to get you past dealing with these teenage, these teenagers, these teenage girls, especially. Because see them boys, you might be able to put your hands on them when they're 15. You might be able to jack them up around the chest and say, hey, boy. But hey, but them girls, you can't do it. You just can't do it. And I, by no means, am I advocating us putting our hands on our 15-year-old boys either. Because there's other ways to punish them boys. Now, I'm tell you, I'll tell you a quick way right now. But we got Reggie on the line. Reggie, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Oliver? Man, I'm loving this life. You heard that story about Armand Green? Remember Armand Green running back for the Green Bay Packers? No, what happened? I just tuned in and I caught you late. Um, yeah, what, you know, he, what happened? Him and the 15-year-old daughter get in an argument by her washing the dishes. And uh, and he done, he done put his hands on her, say he punched her in the face. And say he, she got a black eye. And, and all daughter? of this. Yeah, his daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Say so it happened by 11, 11.30 p.m. Almost 12 o'clock at midnight. And I'm going to tell you, Reggie, now, I don't know if, you know, I, I, I don't have, my daughter, my daughter will be 26 on her birthday in October. Mm. And I'm telling you now, man, them, them daughters, man, they will almost make you want to put your hands on them, man. You got to do something yeah. else. You got to go outside. You got to count a, a thousand, a million, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at the same, I, 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 I agree with you. I got, I got, uh, four girls and yes. um they're all grown except for the 15 year old 14 year old and um you know it, it is rough because they get to a point in their life where they feel like can't nobody tell them nothing can't nobody tell them nothing so the way i approach it is i just have my wife to do all of the Things that, especially when I know it's something that they might rebel against, I let my wife deal with it. And and I didn't even know about the Amar Green uh, situation and his daughter. You know, and it makes me wonder, um, Daryl, um, is it, you know, about the concussion thing, you know, because a lot of players, mm-hmm. we do have uh, these angry outbursts. Uh, when you play football from, I don't care if it's high school, um college or pro and even high school you know you got guys dying from hits in high school um you know that it's a serious issue it is you know reggie um that's having these concussions you're not able to control and you don't and the the sad part about it is you don't even realize your behavior changes yeah and you know reggie people around you yeah I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't really look at that angle and I'm so glad you brought it to my attention. And you and you're mm-hmm. so right. That's one of the, that's one of our our biggest our biggest problems 
is controlling our anger. And, and, right. and that's that's a problem with people like us that have had to deal with these concussions, man. And I will tell you, you know, uh, some of us can, can, can do some things like count or go outside, walk down the street. And then, then mm-hmm. people looking at you crazy then. What the hell he walking mm-hmm. down the street for? You know, but hey, you, you sometimes you gotta do something and and sometimes you just uh, you, you get almost an out of body experience where you done did something or said something and you ain't mm-hmm. you ain't you know, it's 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 happened. So I I, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't look at that angle. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you uh bringing that mm-hmm. bringing that to the table, yeah. man. For sure. Yeah, it was the first thing that came to my mind when you mentioned it just now because, you know, I, I, I myself, you know, sometimes I, I have these angry outbursts and then uh, after I, after the thing, uh, the water has calmed down and the situation has passed, then I sit there and think, why did I react in such a angry uh, fashion? Mm-hmm. You know, when it was something so small, and when you mentioned about the dishwashing, and for him to get all bent out of shape like that, it really makes you wonder: is this uh, uh, thing with these concussions and these hits from football causing me to respond the way I respond, and not just me? All the guys that have played, like I say, high school or college and pro level, man, this thing is serious. That's why that doctor who discovered this thing, uh, he really looked at this as a serious, serious situation. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's after your careers and it, that, that thing starts to take place. You know, where the, the effects of it, it really starts to cause you to change your behavior the way you look at situations, the way you respond to certain things, because something as such as dishwashing, you know, it could have been another route, but... Yeah, man, man, thank God shit, he didn't find a... Thank God he didn't catch a guy coming through the window. You know what I'm saying, man? Because I'm I'm dead serious, you know, if he gonna hit her... Yeah, right, absolutely. Man, he might have got that 38, you understand what I'm saying? You know, it could have been a whole lot different, man. You know, so and, yeah, and but so right, and and, and and sometimes I have, and, and, and sometimes and then a few times, and it seems sometimes I have to catch myself now, be because I allow some of the smallest things will, will allow me to get so angry or, or get so upset, and then I look back on it like, man, you know, you, that's one of them things yeah. you could have just just right. let it go. It wasn't. It wasn't worth all of that. You know what I mean. It wasn't putting worth right. the stress to put your put yourself under, and it definitely wasn't worth the stress that you put somebody else under. You know what right. I mean. I so man, had I, a situation. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go right ahead, Reggie. I, I just had a situation last week where um, something happened um, with a guy that I was trying to do business with, and all of a sudden, you know, things weren't going my way. Um, in my favor, and it, and and I and I just snapped. I said some things yeah. Yeah. that I, I shouldn't have said, and, and I had to, I had to uh, uh, call a guy today and apologize because that wasn't me. You know? That's what I'm and, talking and, about, man. You know, and I just, you know, I have to, I have to take a look at that, man. And, and yeah. it's a serious issue, Daryl. And and like I said earlier, uh. Maybe this guy. These are the symptoms, right? From from all of the the, the the clashing that you do over the years, 
of and Reggie, um, football. And I'm going to tell you something else too, Reggie. You know, you and I both know that that guy, Armand Green, he ran like a tank. You know, man, he didn't, he didn't shot oh, from I'm, anybody. You know what I right. mean? So he's right. one of them guys okay. that we know, and a lot of people we know have had mm-hmm. two or three concussions in a game and didn't mm-hmm. come out. You understand what I'm saying? Took some blows mm-hmm. that, you know, when you see them stars, when you when you close your eyes and you see them black and mm-hmm. white thing, black, those lights just rolling mm-hmm. around, rolling around, rolling around, that's a concussion. You know, and this mm-hmm. guy has probably had two and three of them, um, um, even some probably more severe, in a game. Oh, hey, Reggie, I want, Ma, I want you to hold Ma was I'm a running back, right? Ma, he was a running back. And, you know, running backs, Daryl, you were a running back. You know how many times y'all lower y'all head going through the hole? You know, especially if it's a tight squeeze, you trying to get those two or three yards and by any means necessary. You know, and and most coaches back in our days, they tell you, man, lower your shoulder, lower the head and and drive right through there. And guess what? On the other end, you got somebody lowering their (laughs) shoulders and and helmet and coming at you in full contact. So running backs... They, I believe, they get more head uh, injuries than than anybody on the field. No doubt. Hey, Reggie, uh, uh, running backs and linebackers. Reggie, we got to let you go, man. We got some other people on the line trying to get in. But hey, man, don't be a stranger. Call us here oh. every Monday night. We're on the Sports Info You and Radio Show on VoiceAmerica.com. Okay, down. Hey, nice talking to you. I'll call you later. All right. All right. All right. No doubt. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we got Vince calling us back. We'll be back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're lobbing lead and punching paper. As we talk firearms, ammunition, accessories, and gear, we'll also take an in-depth look at becoming a better marksman and fostering the next generation of hunters. Joining us is Jim and John Scouten of Shooting USA and Jeremy Millett from Silencer Shop. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. 
Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info You Want. Hey, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's going on, man? How you doing, Mr. Hollow? This is Vincent. Hey. Like <laughs> hey, we doing great on this here, Vince. You know, we up here talking about Armand Green, man. Armand Green got arrested in Green Bay, Wisconsin for punching, for allegedly punching his 15-year-old daughter in the face because she didn't want to wash the dishes. Now we had a, we had Reggie call a last uh, call a, call a few minutes ago, and Reggie said this may be a um, a situation that may be a result of all the concussions that Armand maybe suffered while he played football because this con- this concussion thing is a serious issue. I would agree with Reggie, you know, and I'm gonna tell you something else too. If you had a 15 year old daughter at your house, you know how how. how how they'll make you want to put your hands on them. But you can't yeah, put your hands yeah. on these 15-year-old kids, man. Well, how you feel about this, Vince? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, Mr. Oliver. Uh, number one, as playing uh, pro football, it, I can't blame it on the concussion, but I will blame it on part of it if that's what is part of it. But at the same time, too, personally, I think, when we was growing up as kids, and parents grab the first thing they grab it and, and scream your eye. So right. you go watch them dishes. They did too much talk, but at the same time, then you can't hear nobody today. But these kids talk back and do all this other stuff before they do their choices first, and you can get fed up with them because um, I remember when I was growing up and my uncle, he told Paul to wash the dishes for Grandma and Paul moving too slow. And before I know it, he, Paul would call my mama because he done jumped on it. <laughs> so, you know, it's a different route now in the day. Yeah. Hey, now hold on, Vince. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let's, let's get this straight now. Vince, let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. <laughs> if Armand Green had punched his 15-year-old son, I don't even think we'd even be talking about this story. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it's a 15-year-old daughter. It was a 15-year-old son. Like like your uncle. Yeah. Like your uncle did yeah, he, your he, brother. He, he, he you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you this, Vince. My, my, dad, my dad spanked me two times in my life. And the first time it happened, I remember I was about six years old. The, the last time it happened, I think I was 15 or 16. And my dad grabbed me by the chest real quick, jacked me up, threw me down the hall. Next thing you know, me when him was in the room, he done punched me in the chest by two times. Man, it scared the heck out of me. You understand what I'm saying? I do it. So I'm saying, so I'm saying, it's different. If he had done that, it would have been a whole other story, man. We didn't even know. I don't want to say this to him, because he's the girl. But at the same time, Right. In 2000, 2017, you, you raised the girls all than the boys. If you think you're lying, come down here in South Florida and go down to Miami and watch how many girls turn the guns more than the boys. So, 
you know, I'm not going to appreciate it, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but at the same time, I, I don't respect that for me getting on his own child, but that's his child, and sometimes he probably tests out his child a different way. But it, it look, 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 uh, look, look what, um, uh, what is that? Adrian Peterson did. He tests out his child, and when he tests out his child, he was 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 5-year-old, and, and they bashed him. They didn't want to kick him out of the league. Well, if you, you ever saw, if you ever saw those you pictures, know, if you ever saw them pictures of Adrian Peterson, what he did to that little boy, you probably mm -hmm. want to smash him too. I'm telling you, man, there wasn't no need for yeah. him to be staying. When you leave marks on kids like what Adrian Peterson left on that boy, you you mm -hmm. say the same thing. So I'm just trying to tell you now, Adrian Peterson was wrong. He was wrong. He was wrong. He was wrong. But this girl here was 15 years old. If it had been a 15-year-old black boy that Amon Green jumped on a punch, it wouldn't have made TMZ. There's no way it would have made TMZ. Hey, Vince, we got to run, man. We got to ask you a question. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm Go ahead. You can catch this question here. If you look at the statistics, right, now, how many adults... What I mean, adults, 40 and 50, 60 years old, adults, doing all this killing. You know who doing all the killing? Who? You, did you hear that? Who, who's doing all the killing? The young generation. And you can't tell them if I go and I be with a 15 or 20 year old kid and I say, man, don't do that. He don't talk back to rocks bottles and kick me in and cuss me out. And That's the reason, Vince. You don't want to do nothing to him, but if you, if you let him leave, he comes back and he will kill you. Because Vince. they don't have no home training from their parents. And I, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And if you, I just ask you a true live question. If you watch the news every day, it's not fake news. Is all the young generation doing all the shooting, taking the guns? But Vince, 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 hold on. I got to run because we got some other people want to come on the show. I got to run because we got some other people want to come on the show. But if you call him 40 years old, uh, an adult, or I, I don't know what you call uh, once you turn 18, you can go to prison for any kind of adult crime. You understand what I'm saying? 17, you might get a, get a, get a slide. And if you're 17, you do the right crime, they will hold you behind in jail until you turn 18 and then charge you as an adult. You got this thing messed up if you think you got to be 40 years old to be grown. That's wrong, well, man. And I'm going to tell you, and this, one more thing. That's not what I was saying. What I was saying to you is that. The, the younger generation man, doing Vince, all the shooting Vince, and the killing. Right, the younger generation and, and, and doing the all the killing and the crime. Vince, the younger generation, and Matt, we got to get rid of Vince, but the younger Vince generation doing all the, all the killing and the crime, but whose job is it to raise the younger generation? If they messing up, we've messed up. Come on, man. Hey, we got, we got Roland on the line. Roland, what's going on? Hey, 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 hey. I got another racist comment. Oh. I have the NASCAR results from Sonoma. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's racist. I'm glad you Hey, and, and those of you all that don't know get, who we I have on the line, we got Roland Villa from Daytona Beach giving us a racing update on what's going on in the world of NASCAR, Formula One, um, Doom Buggy, whatever, any kind of racing you can name. Roland, Roland got it. Roland got some info. I ninety five here in Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we just got off a road course on the other side of the world to us, anyway. 
uh, over there on the left coast, Sonoma Raceway, and uh, Kevin Harvey had his first win of the year in a Ford, which was really something else. Matter of fact, Ford took the top three spots with Clint Boyer and uh, Brad Keselowski following him up. Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch in a uh, in the Joe Gibbs cars were fourth and fifth. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in sixth. So uh, interesting racing there on the road course. I have an idea for Daytona, Daryl. Do you want to hear it? I'd love to hear it, uh, Roller. Daytona's coming up this weekend, okay, July 1st, and we're going to be making, you know, having the race. I'd like to see the July race at Daytona with NASCAR use the road course with no restrictor plates. Now, understand uh, what would happen. You got the start-finish line. You come down into a tight number one turn. You go through the infield. You come out on the upper banks. You start winding up the car, and, and when you get three-quarters of the way down the backstretch, they have the little chicane. So they would need the restrictor plate. You'd find yourself with drivers actually driving at Daytona. It would be interesting, nonetheless, now, that's just before the Sonoma race. We'd have to change, you know, the position of the Sonoma race. You don't want to do two road courses back-to-back. I think it's something interesting, and I challenge NASCAR to think about doing it maybe with the Xfinity Series first. Let them race it. See how people like it. I, I really like that idea, uh, Roland. And, Roland, let me ask you a question. You know uh, Formula One has something like that where they, they push this button at certain periods of time, where they get like uh, an, an injection of more energy to make the car go faster, right? Yeah. So is that something what you're talking about? Or you, I know what you're talking about. Just plain old. Uh, how does that thing go? Uh, run what you wrong? <laughs> no, it's it would be the way only Talladega and Daytona have the restrictor plates set up, and that's because the cars go physically too fast for the track and they won't stay on the ground, and they want to protect the, the uh, spectators, okay? But it's not as much a race as what I'd like to see because it's all pack racing, all right? And they all race, you know, nose to tail, and all they do is punch the button down and go. And so there's not that much driving skill to it other than the, the one that has the biggest gonads is the one that wins sometimes, Okay. If you had the road course, you've got drivers that have to drive, and they'd be out there on the high banks without the restrictor plate and uh, run what you brung. <laughs> I think it would I, be an interesting race. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, you Only and I for both July know. Now, okay. Only for July. You and I both anyway, know. Um, that, that NASCAR is not going for that. Daytona, and all eyes are on Dale Earnhardt Jr. was supposedly his last race coming to Daytona, and he's been a master of uh, Daytona and Talladega. However, he did say and does not rule out the fact that he'd like to actually be here for the next Daytona 500, and he will definitely be racing in the Xfinity Series. So he's going to do what some drivers like to do, like Tony Stewart's gone back to his open-wheel sprint car racing, and you're going to have Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll 
make select appearances. And I guarantee you, when he races in the Xfinity Series, tickets will be sold. And, and that's a major thing. I mean, I, I, I bet you NASCAR even pays on appearance money just to come and bolster that series. What you mean Which you guess they're going to pay him? do that in the old days. Come on, come on, bro. There were so many different races on, on Saturdays and Sundays that would actually pay drivers appearance money just to come. Roland, no doubt they're going to pay Dale Earnhardt money to participate in the, in the Xfinity Series. But I think it's going to be more like he's going to pick and choose the races that he wants to go, Talladega. I'm sure we're going to see him in Daytona at least once a year, maybe even twice a year. We're probably going to see him down in Miami and Homestead. We're probably going to see him in Las Vegas. So he's going to pick and choose the races that he wants to race in. Probably going to be at the back of the pack, cooling out, chilling. Like, you remember how um, um, Richard Petty's son used to do Kyle Petty? Oh, yeah. At the end of his career, he used to just hang out in the back, man. He didn't never really make it competitive. He was just hanging out. His locks would be flowing out the back of the car. You know, I love that about Kyle Petty, man. That dude was just out there, there making go. money. He was making money off his daddy's name. And, hey, and he, and he wasn't, really, wasn't really trying to win as far as I was concerned. Speaking of Kyle Petty, he'll be back at the Daytona race broadcasting for NBC, Fox TV, just finished up the front part of the season here. And I want to, uh, you know, on, on an ABC to an F grade, I'd like to give them probably an A minus. I thought that they did a great job of covering the races the right way and all the different things. Jeff Gordon did a very good job. So uh, we'll see how N- NBC holds up their end of uh, the racing coming up. Uh, last week, you guessed who the leader was in the uh, NASCAR series. Who is the new leader, Daryl? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with I I I I, I said Martin Truex last time, but I, and I want to stay stick with Martin Truex, but I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick this week. Just guessing, and I'm still just guessing. Kevin is third right now. Okay, Kyle okay. Larson. He's just been the Kyle Larson from Ganassi Racing. Kyle Larson. And, and let me give yeah. you a quick prediction for this week. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, my man Matt Kensick is going to take this race in Daytona. Well, we have to uh, get all the Gibbs car running. I mean, this is the deepest in a season in a long, long time that a Joe Gibbs racing car has not won. So, uh, you know, I'm, the hopes are up for finding out whether they can, you know, get a winning car in there. Besides that, you know, we're, we've got a count, countdown. There's only 10 more spaces left to get into the initial uh, runoff series, the playoff series that they have in the end. Oh, by the way, I have an update as of right now. Number three, University of Florida three. Number four, LSU zero in the bottom of the fourth inning with LSU batting. They got to play three games, or two out of three, right? Go Gators. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> they got to go two out oh, of three. Boy. Yeah. You know, you know, uh-huh. um, go ahead. I can remember the days, Daryl, and the College World Series and being around the group, how Miami was so dominant for so long. And poor FSU and the Gators, they really never had a chance during the time that uh, that played. And probably the most famous World Series baseball game ever played was in 1995 whenever LSU beat Miami 
in the bottom of the seventh inning with a walk-off home run for, from a guy that had been injured all year long and didn't have any home runs at all. Now, one of those dramatic moments in College World Series. I like yep. the College World Series. I think it's, I mean, the college baseball itself is pretty exciting. I like okay, it, too. Okay, back and, uh, to again. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's, yeah, a little because we only got a couple more minutes before we get out of here. Give us a little more about what's going on in the world of racing and then what's going on this week in Daytona. Well, the winningest driver right now is Jimmy Johnson, and he fares well at Daytona, too. He's only seventh overall in his points, but um, he has the most wins as far as stage wins. Last week, um, as a matter of fact, I chose Martin Truex Jr. to win this particular week, but he wrecked out, finished 37th, which was a, a shame that he did win the first stage win. He has 11 stage wins, and the closest person to him is Kyle Busch with four stage wins. So he has uh, come, I mean, uh, Martin Truex Jr. has the, the most in the playoff points, and, and that's for sure. The, uh, the Xfinity race was really fun uh, coming up on Saturday. It was at the Iowa Speedway. And right now I'm blanking out on who the winner was. Hang on one second. The trusty Internet will get me right to that. It was a good race all around because it's a real good breeding ground for all of the new uh, uh, William Byron, car number nine, and his very first win of the season in a Chevrolet, won at the Iowa Speedway. Ryan Sieg was uh, second, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain. And Dakota Armstrong. Now, these are names that are being bred to be able to move up into the uh, the, the Cup Series. And uh, I'm a little curious. Are some of these ra- racers that are finishing in the 20s and uh, the top 30s, are, are they going to be replaced? You know, you and I have talked about Danica Patrick. You know, yeah. When I think of Danica, I don't think of a car number 10. I think of the number 23, because I think that's been her average finish the whole time that she's been around the the racing scene. You know, that she has been, um, you know, in the 20s. Sometimes she was running really good the other day, and her boyfriend, Ricky Stenhouse, ran into her. Dale Earnhardt Jr. ran into her one time. She was like a, a, a magnet for yeah. people running into her. She's another one that likes to hang out around, hang out around the back quite a bit. She's yeah, she, she, 17. I know, but when you're looking for her, all you got to do is look in her 20s. You'll find her. And I said, you know, yeah, she's always there. And, you and, know, so and I'm going to go to the standings now, and the standings show, all I got to do is go down in the 20s. Yeah, um, you'll find her. Yeah, 28. You there know? you go. That's where she's always hanging out, you know. But but I guess I want to ask one more question. In his final season, he's twenty second. Yeah, he's not anyway, having a good season at all. What's going on with Bubba? How did how did he do over the weekend? Does uh, he Bubba, still have a car? Of course, uh, he's um, racing now in the Xfinity series. So let me go oh. back over to that again. We're talking about Daryl Wallace Jr. Um, Boy, when I first saw that name, I thought, well, maybe uh, Rusty or Kenny or one of those guys had a uh, a relative, you know, racing in that. And uh, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I did The diversity too, <laughs> program has taken over, and they uh, profess him to be African American, and he's. But who cares when you're behind the wheel? It's who can who can motor. But he has certainly had um, a really good 
season so far, and I'm not his name is not popping up for me. Hey, I was so, about to ask, what did he even race over the weekend? Because I didn't, I didn't see his name and didn't see anything about him. Hey, Rolo, hey man, no. we got to get out of here. My producer Matt's telling me we're running over. Man, you know we got to get you in at least every, at least once a month. We'd love to have you twice a month. Give well, I'm going to call after uh, Daytona, so I'll be on the air next month. And I'd like to hear from the people listening on the the uh, out there whether they think that Daytona on the road course should really be um, a thrill to watch or not. So. I hope you'll take those answers and you'll let me know. I will. You got it. Hey, Rowan, Thank you, sir. You, you have a good hey, evening. Don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night on Sports Info, your own radio show, voiceamerica.com. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after these messages with more sports information. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we got Amir on the line. Amir, what's going on? Hey, this is Mr. Reggie's stepson. Yeah, what's going on, Amir? Nothing what's happening? Much. Hey, let me ask you a question before we go any further. Who's your favorite team in the NFL? Oh, NFL? Um, yeah. Um, Patriots. Patriots? New England Patriots? All right. Well, who do you like in college? I don't watch college. Okay. All right. All right. So, now, let me, I know you're a Tom Brady fan. I, I know that without a question. Yeah. Yeah. What you think about LeGarrette Blunt? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I don't really watch. I don't watch football like that. Okay. Hey, okay. So, he wanted to ask you a question. This is my son. Yeah, Hold on. He wanted I, to ask I, you a question about the NBA. That's his. That's his. All sport. right. Hold on. Amir, what's your question? What do you think about Stephen Curry? Um, as his shooting. 
You know, I'm gonna tell you, man. Honestly, um, I think Stephen Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen in the NBA, and I've been watching the NBA since I can, as far as I can go back and remember TV. It's like 1971. I remember TV real good from like 1971 up until today. And I remember one of, and I always say this dude named John Havlicek, if you ever look him up, he had to be one of the best shooters I ever saw. And they didn't even have a three-point line back when John Havlicek played for the Boston Celtics. Man, that dude and another guy named JoJo White used to play together. But, man, that dude Havlicek was the best shooter i ever seen. They called him Hondo. I still don't know why they called him Hondo back then, but that's what they called him. His name John Havlicek. But until Steph, until I saw Steph Curry, John Havlicek was the best player I ever saw. And I saw him play in, like, 1974, 1975, 1976. Who do you think is the best shooter in the, in, in the NBA? Stephen Curry. How about, how about, you know, Ray Allen was a good shooter. But to me, he's not nearly as good a shooter as Stephen Curry. Do you think um, LeBron James is better than Curry? I think LeBron James is a much better player than, than uh, Stephen Curry because he could do so many things. You know, LeBron James is just, he, he, can you imagine you playing against somebody and y'all the same age, but he is six inches taller than you and he faster than you and he bench pressed 300 pounds more than you. No, that dude there is more valuable. He's the most valuable player on the planet as far as I'm concerned in basketball. But when we start talking about shooting that three-point shot and shooting that jump shot, it's no, it's no one better than Steph Curry to me in the NBA. Oh, uh, I look looking forward to meeting you. Hey, man, I look forward to meeting you, too. And let me tell you something. If uh, if you're a son of Reggie's, you're a nephew of mine. Thank you. All right, brother. I'll holler at you. Hey, we got Red calling on the line, and that was a pleasure speaking to him. Uh, man, I can't wait to meet him, too. Hey, Red, what's going on? What's going on with you, Daryl? Man, loving this life I got. Every second of it. It's your last and, and week, I, man. I caught you at the tail end of the show, man. But uh, I'm in here now. I apologize, Red. I, you know, I owe you a big apology, man. I, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. You know, you My got bad. You, you got into your NASCAR thing, you know what I mean? I really no, know. that ain't even what I'm apologizing for. No, that ain't no, even no, what no, I'm apologizing for. You don't got to apologize for anything. I'm apologizing. It was pretty cool listening to you talk NASCAR at the same time, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, I'm apologizing for my... my um. Not giving my red flag on that on that true X uh that, that that thing you did with the whole guessing what what dude said who was the points leader you just oh, I, I guess like this that, week you know I, I, mean? I, I don't know did you did you Google that or, or, or no 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 I didn't know I, I just sure? guessed this I don't week know, man. I want to throw the red flag on that no I I guessed this week on the NASCAR I I, I really did. I, I I guess this week on my NASCAR and I guess I guess what I guess Martin Truex um last week with him being the points leader two weeks ago because Roland calls every two weeks and give us a a, a NASCAR update. No, that was a guess yeah, on him. You know, so uh, owe you a hundred bucks off of that. <laughs> I want to throw the red flag on that man. Roland, if you listen, man, I don't know, man. 
Hey man, you know, Rollin' roll, roll knows that racing man. I'm telling you, you know, he lives in Daytona. He keep up with all the racing. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I go, I go racing way back to Miami. My days in Miami, right? That was one of the jobs that we used to get sometimes. As when in the off season, we used to work at the Miami Grand Prix, right? So when I used to work at the Miami Grand Prix, a lot of these drivers used to come through there. I and mean, we used to have these jobs working in a pit. I never forget working for a television company. In the pits at the Miami Grand Prix in Miami. These guys offered me a job to go traveling with them, working on different sports venues. At um, One of them was golfing and a couple other races they had. Daytona they was going to be at. These people wanted wow. me to travel with them, man. And I said, nah, I got this life in Miami. I'm loving this yeah, thing, man, you know. Yeah, yeah. I ain't, I ain't want to mess that up, man. But And, and, and at the same time, but... I really got a, a, a feel for racing. And I was always a, a semi-race fan. I grew up um, knowing about A.J. Foyt. He was one of these guys that I actually thought about um, when I thought about racing when I was going. A.J. Foyt. Well, I had a chance to meet A.J. Foyt at the Miami yeah. Grand Prix. I have met A.J. Foyt in my life. And I sat wow. down and had lunch with Ken Squire. If you know anything about racing, Ken Squire is legendary in commentating and racing, man. So I, I have a little bit of that racing pedigree in me, man. And I, I still love racing. I love I love watching racing on TV especially. I and I'm going to the Daytona 500, man. I can tell. You got a little I, boy, You know what I mean? I, I got a little passion for it. I've, I've been to the Daytona 500 a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, hey. Um, but, hey, man, I apologize to you because I really didn't see Mike Evans being where he was in the top 100 players in the NFL. And I apologize. I apologize to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No apology necessary, man. I just thought you was kind of, you know, I don't know. You know, I was questioning your uh you know, your research there, I'm like, come on, man. You know, I, and it really was more about, I, I don't know if it was more about opinion. I can't say what was in your head, but, man, Mike Evans is definitely, man. He he he, he coming for for a, a spot up higher, somewhere higher than that. Next, this year, coming up, man, this offense is going to be a juggernaut, Dale. I'm going to recognize. This offense is going to be a juggernaut. We still need a running back, man. And I, I, I say we, because I don't want to count no chickens too fast, but. I'm 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 optimistic about this season, man. Tell you, we ain't getting number better. We ain't getting number better. Might had a best hey, linebacking core in the league at the same time too. That kid Beck was coming there and fill that spot that ain't that that they haven't been filled in like I don't know the last few years when I had Levante David and Corn Alexander in the middle, but that third linebacker, that strong side linebacker, always been. Uh, it's been a rotation of guys. You know what I mean? We played an old vet from Baltimore last year. What is his name? Daryl Smith, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's that, that spot gets solidified. Man. Yeah. I can't wait for training camp. I'm hey, going. man. I, I, I'll say this again, man. I, I'm, I'm going to say this again. It's, it's still a concern at running back. I mean, just don't we just don't have a running back. You, you don't have a running, running back, back, man. Just because you don't know their name, I mean, Jack Rodgers, Rogers, Jack Rodgers, Blake Simmons, Blake Sims. Come on, man, I do play quarterback at Alabama. Come on, man. The fifth one now. Come on, we still got Peyton Barber, Jackie's Rodgers. That's what I just said, Jackie's Rodgers. You know, Charles yeah, Jockey, Sims. Come on, Rogers, and, and Doug uh, Martin is uh, still the best running back in that state of the running back. And Charles Sims. Charles Sims is going to be the third down back. He is the third down back. Charles Sims, solid okay. back. 
probably could start somewhere. But we got it. Doug, Doug Martin Slip, he's going to be the guy. Tell me, he's going to be the feature Martin. back. If Doug Martin Slip, he's going to be the feature guy. I'm gonna say, I, I'd I'm say this. See about that, that kid that they got from, uh, from Doug Martin's alma mater. They got a running back from his alma mater out of the draft this year, man. Yeah, third round. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. They ain't playing. They recognize the, 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 the faults that they got, you know. They, 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 they drafted well this year, man. I'm, All I'm saying I'm, is I that I, I would agree with you that Tampa Bay does have a juggernaut on offense, especially here, James Winston, that quarterback, week, man. Jacksonville week, you need to come down here, man. They practicing against Jacksonville. They're going to have a training camp practice against Jacksonville. They're going to have a joint practice with Jayville. I think I might cover I, that. I think I might come down there and cover that and see what I Blake Sims is going to do at running back. I think back. you should. I think you should. You, you think Blake Sims gonna make the team this year at running back? Blake Sims might not make the team. I don't know, dude. He, like you said, he's uh, he's he's one, two, three, four, fifth, maybe the sixth man. Hey, yeah, he like I, he's I, running back, but he, he yeah. I don't know. I don't either. Hey, Red man, thanks for calling the show, man. We got a minute left, and hey, it's always a pleasure. I love talking to these Tampa Bay Buccaneers with you, and I, I would agree thanks with you. I think Tampa thanks Bay has a, a, you know, a, a solid offense, a, a solid offense, and uh, and and I, I truly believe in Jameis Winston. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I put him in that top this ten category of quarterbacks vertical, in the league. Man. This offense I is really vertical. Do. You got to remember who our play caller is, and you got to remember who's who's that QB. QB makes the difference in this game. QB QB can can overshadow a bad running back. And I'm telling you, because you can do things that make a bad running back look good when you got a good QB. Jameis Winston is a good QB. Hey, Red, man, don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night on the Sports Info UM radio show on voiceamerica.com. I'll be back. We know that, and we appreciate it, too. <laughs> Much love, my brother. We're here from you. We're here next week. We'll be here. Don't be a stranger. Hey Matt, thanks for thanks for doing your thing. We appreciate it. Another good show. A lot of a lot of good information. Thanks for all our guests that called in. Uh, hey Amir, don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night on the Sports Info UM Radio Show, VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week, guys. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.